guys, and welcome to today's show. We are joined by the lovely Lucy Hi. and Dean. Hello. Um, who are about to embark on an amazing project called Stardust London, which is an all-encompassing winter festival, which we're going to talk a bit about. Dean comes from a really interesting background, uh, especially within nightlife, worked across two huge brands that I'm sure you have probably all heard of since late in Hotbed. Uh, Lucy's got a wealth of experience within hospitality. So guys, many thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. us. Yeah. Before we get started, little uh, personal touch. Dean, in fact, used to be my, my manager at a clothing brand about 12 years ago. Many moons ago. Many moons yeah. ago. So I'm sat between two of my managers, so I kind of feel like I'm a parent <laughs> Um So yeah. You'll get a good reference, don't worry. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, Hopefully, what, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. So guys, thank you for, for joining us in this amazing, uh, some, well, sort of the Thames, if you can see that in the background, an amazing location here. What kind of brought us to this location in particular? I believe it's your yeah, it your so, Yeah, so uh, family business. My father started 50 years ago. Uh, it's called City Cruises PLC. We acquired this venue about 15 years ago. So it's called the Hispaniola. Um, we rebranded it as the Upper Deck, which is now an a la carte restaurant. Um, and it's a great venue in London, you know, central, especially for New Year's Eve. It's a great, great spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, WC1 postcode. And this is where we have a lot of our meetings. A, because it's central, and secondly, because the views lend itself. Like, people are always yeah. amazed, you know, it's very different to have a, a floating meeting, so it's yeah. nice. That's we thought it's a good place for a location, and you've not done a boat before. No, we haven't. So we thought we were uh, the first. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, guys, uh, you, Lucy, come from a strong hospitality background. Dean, yeah. kind of delve into to your past. You worked across Scintillate and Hotbed. Correct. I mean, before both of those, I was working in a nightlife, uh, not nightclubs. I was managing um, Southeast nightclub called Glam many, many years ago. Um, mm. That kind of was straight off the back of a, a 10 year career in fashion retail, as you know. Yeah. Uh, that's where we crossed our paths initially. And off the back of that, I decided that I needed to do a season abroad and just get it out of my system before I commit to anything else long term. That led me to Ibiza. So I helped the guys over at O Beach Ibiza to look after the PR team there. Um, mm. Off the back of doing a great season there, got headhunted for my bio, which lent itself to working with the guys over at Sinsolate, which is you know, a phenomenal indi uh, industry, yeah. heavyweight you know, positions we put in and did that for best part of four and a half years, um, looking after the Spain operation and coming back and forth to London over the winter. Yeah. Um, that then lent itself to me getting involved with the guys over at Hotbed, um, which is something completely different, more daytime parties. Those guys specialise in parties in Ibiza. And You're still involved with Hotbed or? Yeah, so working yeah. with Hotbed guys at the moment, so we're do, still doing stuff. something at a church. Interestingly, we did a really cool party in the city of London at the yeah. Dutch church. So 500 capacity and four walls, but it's a traditional, fully functional church. So <laughs> six hours after our event, they were setting up for Sunday service, which is that. phenomenal to, to think about. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. So a full production installed by us. Um, all of our resident DJs and musicians um, on point, and it was a Had phenomenal it event. It went well, yeah. Really well went down, amazingly. So, yeah. no doubt we'll be back there again in, in the new year. What's the insurance policy on that? Because surely, if it's a regular hotbed, and then forgive the quote, uh, so the, the pun. But with um, with that, if they're about to set up a church, obviously, I'm sure damage control is for the. Yeah, effect. I mean, there's a lot of third parties involved, and they've all got their own PLIs, um, you know, all the issues. So. <laughs> Um, it was, no quite, dancing on the pews, it was quite a quick turnaround. I mean, within okay. two hours, the full de-rigging was done and they had, you know, a good six hours ahead to, to plan ahead for the Sunday service. So um, it was very professionally installed and de-rigged. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. good. Yeah. So how long ago was you, when did you leave Scintillate? So yeah, I was with the guys for four and a half years and I left those guys to um, February last year. Um, yeah. Had a bit of time out and then joined the Hotbed guys um, during last summer. 
right. and kind of really helped them expand across the UK, do different cities, Liverpool, Leeds, um, were forever looking for new cities to delve into yeah. and took the brands to Marbella for a full residency, which happened this summer, just gone as well. Okay. So again, so I'm assuming that's your knowledge base. Is yeah, Marbella so I've got a lot of networks and I've built up a, a, a nice sort of, you know, customer base from Marbella backgrounds. So yeah, definitely yeah. looking to continue doing some stuff out there in the years to come. Yeah. Cool. And, and Lucy, with yourself in regards to sort of the industry, you're, is it from a restaurant background or bars, clubs? Um, so it came, it came from really, I didn't really have, I was a girl promoter in terms of what I used to do. So I, my dad had this kickback boat. It was, it was awful. Um, he'd had it years. I think it was one of his oldest boats right. and I convinced him to give it to me as a nightclub. Um, had to pay the fee, which was interesting. Um, but I had a very limited budget, so I basically had a floating bathtub and I had to make it a very cool venue. And what I realized is actually working alongside other promoters was much easier. I wasn't very good at the public sale part of it. I didn't want to be one of the people that plastered all over and constantly messaging my friends. I just wasn't good at that. But what I was good at was orchestrating and curating the event. Okay. So I worked alongside the promoters and got them on board. So I worked with Select FM was one of my biggest clients. Um, okay. We worked with them, we worked with a couple of charities. So one of them in particular called One Life. Um, so we worked with lots of different guys and they used to bring the parties to us, we charged them a flat rate and we took the bar spend, they took the door. Okay. So I, I did that for two years and um, my dad only gave me the boat on a Monday and Tuesday evening until I could prove myself, which was the hardest struggle. But um, Nando's yeah. became our biggest client. And actually in London, what you realize was shift work patterns. They work well, so doctors, your firefighters, police, Mondays and Tuesdays are there, Saturdays and Sundays, because they have to work the weekends. So yeah. actually, I, I understood the market, started to sell tickets quite fast and rapidly built a product that works. Um, and then I got into, once I we parted with the, the nightclub industry, I then went into bars and restaurants. So I invested into a company called Blend, which is based in Bexley Heath. We then opened our second restaurant in Bromley um, with a couple of really strong promoters that are in the industry. Okay. And then I, I founded a business uh, two and a half years ago with my partner, Aaron, and we started Burger and Bubbles, which is a whole different trend. But I always understood, you know, front of house has always been my strong point. So, know, so Burger and Bubbles, what, 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 what's the concept? So which, craft burgers and champagne, we yeah. very similar to uh, Bubble Dog concept. And you take, you take the events to different restaurants and We don't at the moment, and... but that's what we're just about to do. So we've okay. had a restaurant in Beckenham for two years and right. it's got a really good following now. So we're brunch, we do 200 women between 12 and 6 p.m. at a brunch party. And mm. we're now starting to travel, so we're going to different larger groups in London. Because actually owning the venue is not really for us, it's, it's more about the concept we've created. Yeah. And we patterned it here, Europe and Dubai. Okay. So we can take that to other venues now. So. Yeah, nice. Because yeah, brunch good. has been such a big Huge. thing like, probably Huge over success. the past, what, year, two yeah. years? But I think, you know, I went to Dubai a while ago, realised, you know, Friday brunch, that's what Fridays are for brunching. Yeah. Everyone does it, it's very renowned. And actually, it's a very different market there. Like Luxury Brunch Club, one of our friends, Joe Courtney owns, um, he hit the nail on the head years ago. And actually, it didn't maybe foresee because people hadn't been to other brunches. Mm -hmm. but now, the traveling side of it, people love brunch, you know, candy pants are amazing. Yep. And they do some really great events at five. And that's where I was only a year ago. And actually, right. that's kind of caught on here now. Brunches yeah. are massive. Prosecco brunch is free yeah. flowing. You've got like garage brunch and different theme brunches. Massively, well. it's huge. Benedict and listen to uh, DJ well, it's, it's really cool. So, it's a win-win. It's a really cool. I think in the UK, yeah. from my perspective, that's what we've noticed as well, is that the daytime party and demand is there much more than you will experience at the nighttime. So yeah. come from doing parties in the city every single Saturday night and seeing a bit of a decline over the years, but the daytime brunches, rooftop parties, those sort of things, it's, it's gone through the roof, pun yeah. intended. There you yeah. go. There we go. Pun intended. Yeah. So how did you two make then? What's the um, sort of 
Where did your paths cross? Your version or my version? Yeah, we've got <laughs> two versions. Okay. Um, so, so basically, a long, a long time ago, I'd come up with this concept. So I did some traveling. I realized that there was a niche in the market between, I could see experience-led events taking a, taking a forefront in yeah. terms of our age group and at the next generation. Because the next generation aren't interested in going to a, a venue and paying 100 quid a head to see at Benny Hanna. They want to do something that's cool and want to be seen at the cool places. And I realized that an experience-led adventure with a talent lineup would be something that no one's curated before. So I started a feasibility study and I looked around my radar and thought, who can I get involved that I know in the industry that's got a part, um, well, a, an understanding and a past of growing these kind of venues. Um, and Dean really popped up. A lot of people recommended working with him. Yep. So I think about two or three years ago, I kind of did some outreach. Um, and yeah, we'd spoken, you know, I'd been to kind of his venues and done that. When he came back to the UK, we had a couple of meetings and we, we made a quite a serious channel to say, look, look, I really want you involved. What's that going to look like for us? Um, and they got you involved. Yeah. Yeah, that's about, yeah, but only since really the beginning of this year, we've, we've kind of worked hard on this project. For the last year, we've been speaking about it. So, so tell us about the, the project that, that you're Starless currently working London. on. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a concept I came up with um, about mixing extreme. So this was the concept from three years ago that yeah, you come up five, with? Yeah, so five years five ago. Five years ago. Wow. Winterfest, yeah. or it was yeah. called Winterfest, was a feasibility study. Um, okay. It was a immersive-led festival mixed with talent and I, I didn't know what talent I didn't know who was going to perform but I knew that the concept worked did a really big study into it and understanding why winter and why I was going to in introduce this realistically in London and you see with boardmasters you know it was cancelled in the summer because of weather it doesn't really matter now in this day and age it could be hot in December you can't you can't odds it. And for me, it was more about when the, the market wasn't saturated, that I could enter in and we could build something. London doesn't have anything apart from in terms of like, this very Christmas based, it's yeah. not winter based. And I wanted it winter, not Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that's always been my lead. It's not an anti-Christmas. It's just not a, you know, I don't want- Christmas fan. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not like, let's go and see Santa. Let's do something that's very much based around the winter, probably like November, December time. Yeah. And people know it's the one event of the year they want to go to, they have to be seen at. And that was where I started the journey. Um, the name came from a collective. We had a couple of meetings and we decided that, you know, everyone's made of Stardust. That's how we all started. And I think inclusive festival kind of brings you all together. Yeah. And it's what we're all made of. So I wanted to make sure that we made it as, as inclusive as possible. Yeah. And then, yeah, we started working on the project and here we are today. So, yes, we've adopted the motto, we are nothing but Stardust. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. very much. Yeah. 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 Definitely put that in a few posts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see it pretty yeah. You'll see that popping up. Yeah. What are some of the challenges in this day and age then if you kind of face trying to set something up as a, as a winter festival? Because it seems like a massive task to, uh, to get these two things in. Initially, venue, right? Yeah. A festival, mm. we can't do it outside because weather permitted, we're yeah. likely to experience some bad weather that time of year. So we never set out to, to find um, a space that we could do an outdoor event. We always want to be indoors. So it's finding that right location in London that's you know big enough, got the, the, the right sort of um, you know set up an environment for us to do the created pop-ups in different areas. Yeah. Um, we've viewed many venues throughout the area, but it's just too big, too spacious, too warehousey. Um, so finding the right venue was paramount initially, and we, we must have viewed a dozen. Yeah, London. easily. Yeah, easily. And then we found the right one. And what's the right one? What's We're at tobacco, right tobacco Dock. So, um, nice. It's a great venue. It's indoor, it's outdoor, it's inclusive, it's got lots of different areas. It feels, in terms of the space, you can glam it up or dress it down. It's got a really nice feel to it. Yep. It's got heritage. 
you know, especially this fact, and it's really cliche, but from the boating side of the docks, obviously I, when I saw the venue and, and been to loads of events there, I was like, this is perfect for us. And it has a really good corporate hospitality. I've never done the LWE events there, mm -hmm. although they're really successful and really popular, I've never done that side. So I've only seen it as a corporate light. Yeah. So I've seen best sides of it, you know, I know it's got that really good party side, but it's also got a very glamorous high yeah. end. And people expect to, when you enter that venue, it's not uh, a cheap ticket. You know, no. they, people are paying, you know, a hundred quid plus. Is that, is that the market it. you're going for, the more higher end scale I, of, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think we are, te technically, is a higher scale. Slightly, uh, slightly higher age range as yeah, well. Yeah, we're, we're in over 21's venue. Yeah. We want to be targeting the people. The festival's built for us. Okay. You know, it's our demographics, our clientele, it's who we are. Yeah. And also as well, it's not so much we want to charge loads of money, it's the fact that what we're going to put on for the day, actually, when you look at what you're getting for the, the value is incredible because the things you'd go and see for one of those days is mm -hmm. the same price as a ticket to get all three. Yeah. So I think when you start to analyze what it is we're putting on. When you say talent, you're talking music or you're yeah. talking other types of entertainment or? Yeah, so we have... Um, it's a bit of everything. We've yeah. announced um, a sort of phase one essentially of, of yeah. our acts that we've booked. Um, yeah. I'm happy to announce those now, it's available yeah. online. Um, we've got the likes of Artful Dodger, um, mm -hmm. Shodorama, yep. um, Shift Key, huge producer, a producer in the house and um, DJ, and we've also got the likes of Mike Skinner, books to do a okay. DJ set yeah, in yeah. the streets. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool, so a lot of people are excited by that. Yeah. Um, we've also got some really cool bands uh, by the likes of Duke, uh, people okay. have been on one of the sort of um, TV shows that Simon Cowell did back in the day, Talent Led. And have you seen their video with ours? They're unbelievable. They're yeah. unbelievable. Duke. They're guys, um, free yeah. guys, but they're, they're beat boxes. Okay. They, everything comes from the mics, but you feel like you're listening to a track. It's yeah, 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 really yeah. good energy. Yeah. Um, and another band's called Royal Beats as well. So they're right. you know, sort of seven piece bands. And um, again, they just create some fantastic energy on, on so stage. It's quite a good mix of um, good mix. acts. Yeah. yeah, and then that's just phase one. Phase two is shortly going to be announced. We can't say that on camera just yet. Um, no. And of course, we're looking at one or two huge headliners that we're going to announce in the, in the coming weeks as well. So again, you know, that's been a bit of a challenge I'm in because as I said to you guys earlier, there's a lot of loopholes, there's a lot of um, you know, sort of things that we need to consider with regards to what other events they've got lined up, what other venues they're involved with. Yeah. So there's a lot of things we can and can't announce at certain stages of yeah. the process. So yeah. that's probably been another obstacle that we've encountered during this uh, journey so far. Yeah. Tobacco Dock is, as you pointed out before with the LWE events, it's, starting to, it's got that reputation already now as a destination venue. Yeah. You kind of know what you're going to get when you go there. Um, with your kind of clientele and the crowd you're, you're looking for, is that because that type of crowd you've worked with at the those type of venues in Marbella or in Ibiza with the whole kind of own beach and things like that so you know you know how that kind of market ticks yeah I mean I, I feel like over the years I've kind of you know delved into the VIP clientele the, the bed bookers the table spenders and I've got that, that kind of commercial as, aspect to it but where Lucy's background she's got the aspect of the corporate customers yeah. and yeah. The, the city workers and the people in, in the the big players in the business that will want to come out and do something big over Christmas. It's about so, mixing the two. It's so mixing the two. Yeah, um, but also as well, like for us, for our background, you know, we want to make a festival that's for us. And we, it sounds ridiculous as well, and I know I say it and everyone laughs, but the kind of quality, like I don't want to be queuing for half an hour to get to the bar. I don't want to be, you know, toilet attendants sounds ridiculous, but I want three, not one. So those are the kind of things that aggravate us about other events. And actually, if we understand the client and the market, they are our friend, they are our, our network. So actually we're gonna put an event that lives up to that standard yeah. and we wouldn't do anything less. And yeah. at that stage, that's really what we've worked hard on curating it. It's, it's really taken thought and process to get to where we are. And we're really proud of what we've created. Yeah. And I think that's getting that message. The only thing I'd say that's been challenging really for us is that 
it's really hard in your year one venue, no matter how well you know your, your market, your network, is getting the message of what we're doing. Unless you spend 10 minutes, five minutes, telling everyone and our friends and family know all about it, is telling the wider audience a public sale. That's quite hard. Yeah. That's a challenge that we've... How are you starting to go about that then? So I think as well, like things like this, so like podcasts, we've done quite a few now. Yeah. Um, we've spoken to a lot of people in terms of a wider reach. A lot of our network and resellers will understand what the concept is, exactly what it is. Um, we've got a very strong comm strategy. We're working with a, a couple of guys that launch big, big products in London and, and UK-wide. And we're working with them to create a very good strap line that kind of tells you, because you have maybe one and a half second to get their attention if you're on Instagram. People yeah. are just scrolling. And it's the same for us in terms of Facebook. People don't read loads of stuff and actually it's we want to be seen there rather yeah. than the others. And we're lucky at the fact that we're, we're almost sold out of early birds. We're almost sold out of VIPs. So they're gonna be no options at those stages now. Any yeah. VIP level, things are gonna close. So people are gonna automatically want to know what people are getting for their money and how, you know, what comes with it. Yeah, I suppose it's very hard like, starting from scratch because you think, say like next mm. year, you've got a whole event, yeah, you've got all that content, you've got that reputation, but to start from scratch is, is It's difficult. Is challenging. And then we're lucky, you know, yeah. clients that come to us, they trust me, I deliver. From, from what I've always done, I've never not delivered what I've said I'm going to on the tin. So actually yeah. I'm quite lucky in terms of high end. It's fine, my clients know me, they're well enough. We do lots of events together, so they trust us. And the same with Dean's Network. It's just that middle area, yeah. you know, the main public sale, trying to get them to understand what we're putting on. It's sometimes, a lot of the questions we get is what is Stardust, don't we? I mean, really, we're su super excited for year two. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're already thinking that part. Yeah, you're already choosing the date now. We're thinking ahead, so. but um, it's just getting through year one, make sure we deliver the experience that we have, you know, our expectations are high for this event. So we want to make sure that's delivered as best as it can be to the customers. And you know, we're going to grow in the, in the next few years. We've got a five year business plan with this. Okay. So um, we're, we're planning on sticking around and expanding. Is, yeah. it, is it just going to be once a year or are you going no. to do it? So year one uh, for year two, definitely. But yeah, you know, extending past that, we're working with some of the talent. Um, we're looking at our talent lineup, who's one of the arms of the business. They do the Ashwari takeover, so IBZ will be really cool for us. And um, DXB will be big for us, so Dubai. Okay. That's definitely where we'd like to um, yeah. definitely feature because the contact's strong out there. We know the market really well and actually growing the brand. We want to take this with us and Ticketmaster is our official tickets um, supplier. They have, you know, blue ticked us in terms of we're the only guys doing this in terms of immersive and lineup. Yeah. It's not been done before and they won't take another person on to do it. What is, speaking of which, they're obviously ridiculous. I saw you come really yeah, good on this. There was a slide. Yeah, yeah, it's slide. Yeah. Really yeah. well. That slide looked pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, with uh, that in mind, what is the kind of difference? What is your kind of USP in the sense that all right, you've got your music talent? And what's the other side of it? Why? What does it separate you what from any other? Yeah, from any other music-led festival. Say, massive. Do you want to lead on this? Yeah. So we've got two big brands that we're involved in at the moment. We can't announce announce the third just yet, but we've got House of Dinosaur. So these guys work with huge festivals and brands across the world, um, the likes of Glastonbury, uh, Wilderness. Um, Snowbox Festival in in, um, in in the French Alps. So they do a lot of big uh, big sort of party events around the world, and they specialise in the immersive um, experiences like roller disco inside of venues, um, mm -hmm. you know, sort of games and interactive moments with, with the consumers. And they're taking over one of our rooms and doing a huge roller disco themed environment okay. inside the like dock, which yeah. again you wouldn't expect to see in a venue like that before. So yeah. that's going to be a really cool um, themes room, and there's going to be lots of doing activations and stuff happening in and around that area. So yeah. customers can go roller disco in, disco in at our event in December. Mm -hmm. um, Luna Cinema, you guys might have heard of before. Yeah. 
one of the biggest leading outdoor cinema companies in the world. They're taking over one of the other rooms that we have and we're doing an immersive film experience okay. in one of the rooms. So again, when you kind of look at these different areas, again, what Lucy said earlier is you might go to one of their experiences and pay 20, 30 pounds just for that alone. Yeah. Whereas obviously we're creating all of these things happening in different areas and different parts of the building yeah. in one ticket package, as well as food and drink included and you know, lots of other surprises along the way. Lots of our cool brands are getting involved in us and doing activations and pop-ups. So, you know, brands that you'd seen on Instagram and on socials that, you know, you'd like to have been involved in before at different festivals, they're going to be having their own pop-ups within the venue as well. Uh, the likes of Gypsy Shrine and some okay. other cool places. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool things happening as well, which is going to be really good. Did, did this just literally, it seems like it kind of snowballed in the sense that you had this little idea and you went, okay, well, what if we did this? Okay, cool. Now, what if we had that? And then what if we did this? Because it sounds, it sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's something totally different. So what was that kind of strategy meeting like? Was it you two sat in a room for 12 hours with a pizza and hashing no, it out or? No, I think honestly, like the feasibility is where this started. Like I, I invested 30,000 pounds to understand the market. Like I, I work with the best talent. So I went to Assemble Talent, who is Rag, who owns um, Elbow. Right. Um, I went to Greenow, who started Wilderness, a Stephen Gala party. I went, to, and it was led by Quintessentially. So I went to the best in the market and I laid everything on the cards. I said, I need to, this is what I want to do. I need feasibility to understand why no one's done it. So I need to understand the negatives and I need to understand what the opportunity is. So I did yeah. a really big SWOT analysis. I mean, the deck the deck is huge. We could be here all day talking about it. So I understood exactly what I was entering into, good, bad or different. And this is not a money-making exercise. This is an expensive outlay. This is not in any way, shape or form a business plan. This is a passion. Yep. So I decided actually, rather than going down the AUG, hiring a venue, putting an act on, selling tickets, I wanted to create an event that was different. Um, and I really believe that there is such a huge need in, in London to do something that's not just a winter wonderland experience. I believe there's a huge market for a music led. And then we started to look at, so I want, it's always been immersive. It could never be a bog standard uh, concert because for me, that was not an event. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone can go and see their favorite acts and you can book a nightclub, but actually let's do something that's very different. Yeah. Um, and it's not been done before. So this is going to be new for everybody. This is not yeah. just, we have created it in terms of we sat down with Dean, I went through the business plan, we understood everything about it. And let's, what can we do that's different? Who do we know that we can get involved that's immersive enough for us that we would love to go? And yeah. that's where we got the best of the ideas from. And that's only going to grow. We know that year one is going to be how it is, and then year two and pop-ups. And, and also what we would like to do is where we've got these immersive things coming, we'd like to take our clients to another one. So we might do a 500 really small capacity with in partnership with Luna. We might do a different kind of thing. Yeah. It might be a Western musical brunch type of thing in a theatre. We'll do something yeah. different. So this brand Luna, for instance, yeah. in association with Stardust. Yeah, yeah of course. With, yeah. And I think as soon as you're going to put our brand with it, you're going to know, okay, there's going to be music, there's definitely going to be talent there, and there's definitely going to be something immersive that's different yeah. and experience-led event. So what's the what's the capacity the capacity that you're looking to, to reach and how many sort of tickets you're looking to sell for, for the first year one? one? Yeah. Yeah, so year one we're looking at two and a half thousand. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we've got a nice steady growth over the next five years. So mm -hmm. we've got, the best thing about Tobacco Club as a venue is, I'm sure you guys know, it's, it's huge and there's lots of different yeah. areas and intertwined pathways of different sections and there's a downstairs club, it's, it's huge. So the venue can go up to, I think, maybe 10 to 12,000 people, yeah, right. yeah. should we need to. So we're just going to steadily grow and the brand's not oversaturate what we're doing, get the experience right for everyone that's going to be attending. Yeah, I guess that's just, the most important thing. Well, right? yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and for us, this is yeah, been really conscious as well. Like if you increase your number, you decrease your prices, right? So we could say, like when you're 10,000 people, we're going to put this lineup on, it's going to cost everyone 50 quid. But actually, 
I, I can eat anything worse. I can't control 10,000 people in year one. I need to make sure that every single person that comes to the festival has a great time and experience led. They're not, they're not going through the horrible experience. So if we get it, you know, right in year one, we can work on the things that didn't go so right. So year two is just as good delivery. Yeah. We, we're never going to be, I don't want to be a mass producing, you know, 120,000 people. That's not what we want to do. No. We want to create it so it's very personal. It's very, you know, intimate. You've got influences left, right and center. You've got good exposure. I think that's where we want to be in terms of growing the festival, not so because we're selling 20,000 tickets. That's not really our business model. Yeah. So in terms of festivals as a whole, you've obviously got summer months where probably over the past five to 10 years that the, the amount of festivals popping up and saturated. how well festivals are doing. Yeah, it is saturated, yeah. but a lot of festivals are doing really well and, and probably taken away from a, like the decrease in nightlife can probably be compared to yeah, the increase in, in festivals. Um, so if you looked at that thinking, right, festivals are great, we see this sort of spike in the amount of festivals, but we can't do it in the summer because it is saturated. We're looking at the winter, like what, you said there's there's nothing out there and I'm, I'm thinking now there probably is no sort of winter There's nothing. Based yeah, when you look at it, I mean, like, that's When does it normally stop, sort of like September, October yeah, maybe? And then uh, so September we are, for your last festival. Yeah. Well, we, are, we, are, we are doing a Halloween which is um, okay. October. Yeah. It's their first year, their year. First year yeah. doing a Halloween festival. So why, what I noticed, and I'm 100% aware that next year, year two, I'm going to have competitors. I know this is going to happen. Because people are going to say, actually, why not? Because, listen, in, t in 20 years' time, the, the, the market's going to be different anyway. Yeah. The longevity, I'm not sure of what it looks like, but we know the experience-led is on the, on the rise. I mean, you're, you're growing at huge rates. Yeah. huge rates and i think actually as a whole if we get this right then this model will roll out across all the other brands yeah. the winter is, is a good anytime from october to march you've got a really good suite just for the, the month yeah, and especially this what, what date is the event 7th of december 7th of Saturday. december yeah so we, i mean everyone's in that sort of party mode yeah. then party and season you're ready yeah absolutely. bang in the middle of, of yeah party season for, for yeah. december for christmas as you lead up to it what does the kind of perfect um, experience for that customer look like from the moment I purchase my ticket right through to when I leave Starbucks? I think it's I think it's more about the want to be there. You know, I think when you're seeing it pop up everywhere, it's like I want to be there. And by the time you've got, you know, everything's done quite easily. So Ticketmaster have been amazing. In our VIP experience, then they everyone gets a VIP box. The time you go there, you pay for the ticket. I don't want you to worry about. You know, when you get there, the experience is good. So you, you know, don't queue for you know, getting in, you're already inside. You know, we don't want to have the rain. Like if it rains, I'm like, no one can be outside. We want to do the queuing inside. So let's get you through the door. Let's get you involved. As soon as you're in that queue, going through to the cloakroom and you've been checked in by Ticketmaster, um, you've got this experience where there's actors, there's music. So you, it's not like a boring queue. I couldn't think of anything worse. Yep. I'm really not a big fan of it. Um, <laughs> they can be jugglers like Massive jugglers, oh, wow. definitely, definitely. But entertainment is the whole way through, so there's yeah. never a time. What I do really like, when I when I first did feasibility, my idea had this idea about Apri Ski. Um, it's not, it's definitely not Apri Ski, but it's definitely on the same, you'll understand, that we'd have a ski instructor. The ski instructor would go around, give you a lanyard and not for you, and they say at 12 o'clock you've got to meet us at the ski school. You turn up thinking, what the hell am I going to? You go into a private room, into a lodge, which is 20 people, and you've got a pop-up concert with one of the best, the best DJs for a 10-minute set. All you're going to do is Instagram it because that's it's like, really cool. it's really cool, that's right? Really, it's yeah. very immersive. So that's always been our content in terms of you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to promise you, but I will say that we'll always under promise and over deliver. There is no way in hell I've got my name something that was not going to be as cool as 
So I know that there's a lot of things we've done and it keeps excitement for us. For year two, people are like, I have to go because I don't know what's going to go. Right. And it, you know, I'm lucky in my industry. I've had 12 years of hospitality. I've got a very good network. I'm very lucky with my support for my network. And that includes everyone from Joe Blogs all the way through to Beverly Knight. I'm lucky that I've got some very cool people around me. And in this kind of arena, I think this is exactly what I'd love to, to do. Yeah. So when you come as a customer, I want you to be excited about what's going to happen. You know, we've included drink and food packages because I don't want you to worry about it. When you get it, if you're hungry, grab some food. If you've got a voucher, go and use it. Grab a drink, don't queue at the bar. You know, go to the activation with Dripsy Shrine. You know, get your hair blow dried. Go and worry about the things that, go and listen to the best music. Then go and do rollerblading. Go and see the cinema because it's your favorite film at Christmas. Then by that time it's 8 p.m. and you've got a headline act. That's what we want from the environment. People don't want to leave. Okay. Because that is the best feeling in the world. Pretty cool. <laughs> how, um, how long is the day? Two till two. So 12 hours. Two till two. Yeah, so 12 hours. So you're, you're what, seven, eight weeks away now? Yeah. Right. On track? Yeah. 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 Massively. Yeah. And if, you know, That's really good to hear, honestly, because so many people who have their baby things are, oh, for God, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was expecting to hear. Yeah. Not, I yeah, think three, all weeks, under control. three weeks ago, I had two nights where I didn't sleep um, because my brain went into. This is your event, your face is on it, is everything ticked? And you think all the things, you just go through lists and lists of things and you think, actually, let me take a breath. Actually, if you're not at the steering group, at the helm of it, then who are you? And at the same time, you've got to be, this is driven, we've got some really trusted parties in, everyone knows what they're doing, things are gonna be fine. You do have to have that talk with yourself. Because it's a big risk, and financially as well, it's not just reputation, it's finance. Yeah. Is, is this the biggest project you've been on? By far. By far. Yeah, by far. And then, I had an opportunity to um, move to Dubai and do some big projects over there when Lucy approached me about getting involved with Stardust and by means this stood out to be a huge opportunity. So um, it, was, it was a no-brainer to stay in the UK that's and get involved in this. That's pretty extraordinary. Because obviously yeah. you buy a lot of promoters or big promoters. A lot of people, they, that's, that's the path. Yeah. Yeah. They, they end up in Dubai and they, they have a nice career out there for a few years. And that's very much where my mind, mindset was at a couple of years ago. And I thought yeah. that was my next move. This project obviously essentially fell on my lap with Lucy approaching me. And I think it's such an amazing, um, amazing concept that I just could not not be involved in it. So, yeah. I think as well, though, for you, yeah, you've learned a lot, though, in terms sure. of yeah. In terms of business, because I'm an entrepreneur and my family are, like Dean is literally like actually everyone that's involved becomes part of our wider family. We really try to treat everyone in that own, so we're very open arms. And actually what, what I've learned is that even together we've learned loads of stuff. You learn a whole new skill set from doing that. You know, yeah. It's more about the business understanding, not just selling tickets. It's like what impact does that have on a budget and how does that look and what's the PLI like? And, and venue and health and safety. You learn so much so quickly because you haven't got a choice. Yeah. Yeah. With that for yourself then, I suppose um, you allow to be flexible by also concentrating on the other things that you've got going on as well. So you're not just tied into Stardust, you're allowed to yeah. move about within the industry. Sure. It's nice to kind of almost still be involved in other things. So you've got your yeah. foot in the door and you know, you've got the networks that you've got access to. Well, they could complement each other, can't they? Absolutely. Yeah, nice yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. One thing I just wanted to sort of um, make you guys aware of as well, and your view is that um, recently at the, the London Venue Awards, Tobacco Dog actually won the Christmas venue, best venue um, uh, okay. in London, which is really yeah. cool for us. And we only learned ourselves two weeks ago they got uh, nominated and, and won the awards. 
So their production at Christmas is, is something like I've never seen before. I've been to Tobacco Dock a million times. Yeah. It's all the big, it's you know, really big nice. house events and big LW events have been there loads. And, and the production that they stick in at December is you know, a real kind of like dream surface theme. It looks phenomenal. It's completely different to any other time of the year. Obviously it's quite corporate because it's a corporate events they book in. Yeah. We started straight in the middle of that and we add our own stylist production on top of that with a huge company called Visual Architects. We've done all the design work for I've us. Seen, I've seen them. Yeah. yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, you know what, I see a lot of their uh, stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of LinkedIn that's, earlier. That's yeah, why I found the guys on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've always, I always see, yeah, yeah, some of the so stuff they do. We've um, yeah. talked to them for the best part of six months. They've done okay. a lot of work for us, a lot of design work, set stages, and you know, they do stuff all across the UK, big festivals, um, you know, parties in Ibiza and whatnot. So sure. they're going to be huge for us as well, and they're going to really transform you know, elements of the venue to an enchanted forest, okay. which is going to be a nice aspect as well for us, our stardust journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's been your biggest pushbacks? Um, I had this question the other day actually. My biggest pushbacks are the artists who I personally know, who we have personally booked, and then we can't announce. That is, and they are epic, like yeah. really good friends in the industry, unbelievable acts who are in the charts, headlining everywhere, but loose. We're best friends with you, but we cannot be announced because of X, Y, and Z. And that's a pushback in terms of the brand. Can't announce now or can't announce? We, until, until, no, until they've yeah. sold out other events, because that's the way management works. Right. With, with some talent, they may have a London gig, which takes hierarchy over your venue just Got because it. it's been the diary for a year and a half. So they have to sell that first. And once they've sold out, you can announce. You can't take them away because the customers may come to yours. Why don't you just slightly, slightly promote each other? <laughs> yeah, I know, like, quick, exactly, exactly. Yeah, by the way, guys, they're also doing this. Yeah, they're also doing that. I mean, yeah, so that's, that's a setback in terms of the lineup, but I know that we're trusted enough that people like, I know the lineup's going to be epic. Yeah. Just because of the people we. What's the, if you're out sort of figures, what's the starting point for. Um, a festival this size? Yes. Uh, uh, for, from a. Oh God. From a consumer, sorry, what's the ticket starting price? <laughs> Um, the only beds are on sale at the moment £99. The next thing up is 125 mm. But £125, that is an all inclusive ticket in terms of the immersive experience you go to, so all three that we've got. Yep. Um, then you go through into having obviously features in there with our cloakroom and you know access and arrival. We've also got a travel partner who can save you money in terms of travelling in. And also, we've got on the day from getting to the stations, it's destination driven, so we do have access to transport to and from. Um, we do have credit as well in terms of leaving the venue. And then we've got uh, food and drink packages, so they all was included. So it's not such a, a huge outlay. Yeah. And access to see the, the talent lineup. Sure. So, VIP top end is two four nine, but that's literally rolling out of bed, rolling into the festival, and getting home as well. So that's completely inclusive. But that's been very much targeted at my trusted circle in terms of, you know, corporates, VIP, H and I, H and Ws. So at that stage, it's, it's a very all inclusive, and the venue we have for that is unbelievable. Um, I don't know if you've seen the venue there. It's called Henry's. Right. Henry's is an original bar. It's okay. unbelievable. I think it's wood and marble. It's like a 1920 speakeasy theme. Incredible. Inside Tobacco Dock. I've never seen it before. No, I didn't know. Yeah, I was going to say. Until, you know, when we opened our first site, because it's so, we've almost got that bit, that sort of part of the venue. We've sectioned that
it's yeah. not it's not for the faint-hearted at all mm. does that make it yeah. yeah for sure but we've been quite fortunate to kind of get some industry heavies um, involved and in, you know advising us on stuff we've got a great project manager and some people that know what they're doing that have got the experience so yeah. that's um it's been a bit of a it's almost like you've really i mean obviously you've done so much research and partnered with so many people to get the information uh, be mentored by people who've kind of done it. It's almost like you definitely are learning from other people's mistakes. It's not saying it's going to be 100% But that's perfect, what you do, my dad's you learn from other people's mistakes. You learn on other people's time. Yeah. When you have a job, you learn on other people's time because it's your forte for a next business move. So you'd be silly if you just started something and didn't do anything. You need to know enough experience and what you've learned on someone else's time. So that's what I did. I paid for the expertise. I understood what I was getting myself in for. And I knew. And even when you know the information, you still have a wobble. You can't help not. But it's an entrepreneur. The thing I said yesterday as well, what's different about this kind of project is one event is 12 hours. So when you see the budget, when I my restaurant, we lost 227. So that's 227,000 you lose. But it's over 18 months because it's a bill, it's contracts, it's, it's taxes, it's all of it. Yep. So it's not so scary. But when it's one day and it's 600,000, you think, oh my God, I could buy two houses. <laughs> so all of a sudden it's, it's a fear yep. because it's so much in one day. But at the same time, you know, you're building a brand. It's the same business model, it's just different. Yeah. Um, and the budget over five years, if you look at the flip side, then you understand where you're going with it and what's the driver and, and how you're getting there. Would you have done anything different? Like the point you're at now, would you have done anything differently looking back or? Yeah, of course, you learn from your, you yeah. learn from your journey. Yeah. Of course, if I had life, as Simon said, yeah. some of the stations, even though we've got seven um, weeks to go, there could be some more, but there's not. What are some of the mistakes you've faced? Yeah. Um, naivety in the industry but the music industry is very different naivety completely yeah. music is yeah. very difficult it's like i know the acts manager booking us another booking fee another you're like how is it eight people know about the festival we, i'm with dinner with you and you don't know about it but i put an offer in here yeah. and they're like this is the way of the world if i if they don't if they don't want to be involved or if you don't know them it's very gatekeeperish yeah. and i know the acts yeah. And they're still telling me the processes. And it's like, I have the email here. How do you not know about it? Like, yeah, well, it's the same process what we said with the consumer earlier. How do we get that message, that yeah. message and that vision across to the booking agents so then they agree and, and they feel invested in this event mm. when you know, there's not that much material out there, we've not done it before, it's, it's a brand new concept. So it's almost just kind of trying to convince people on yeah. our word. Sure. On, you know, that they're right for it, you know, they should be part of the lineup. Again, we're looking forward to you too. Yeah. 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 What? How, how, what's been the main marketing channel? Social. I know you've been social, using influencers it, it and yeah. Things, yeah. Social. We've got um, you know quite heavily invested in in social channels in terms of working with the likes of Facebook, uh, Instagram. And we're at the headquarters probably every other week, um, just to kind of really reach their their business model. For Facebook is unbelievable, and their team do outreach. They work with projects like ourselves. Yep. They take them through the social channels and go that way. Um, and they test budgets, but you you can really ramp this up. You can be spending five thousand pound a week on socials yep. to reach the audience you need to. Yeah. Our only marketing strategy was inside the M25. Right. I need to be everyone that works, lives, and and goes out in London. Realistically, our reach at the moment isn't further than that. That's where we know our target audience is. So, you know, across the channels and you, we have activations even with, you know, on your phone, you spend average of eight to nine hours a day on your phone. So we need to be in front of you. That's yeah. where we need to spend our money. Yeah, and There's you no said, point being mentioned influencers as well. You've been using... Influencers, Ticketmaster have been amazing. Ticketmaster are doing a takeover on Instagram for us. Um, they pushed all their channels. So we've gone out to a huge audience. Yeah. And we see the spikes, you know, you look at the stats, it's live. 
so you can see the people are coming through. Yeah, influencer campaigns. We know enough people. You know, we've got a database between us. It's pretty huge. We've got some really good online support. We did a really cool Halfway for London Fashion Awards, um, Fashion Week, well, so we did an halfway at the Moscow Hotel, and okay. um, that was facilitated by Inswap and all their influencers. So yeah, we did have three, four hundred people there that have been influential, um, a lot yeah. of followers, and uh, we hosted the party. We've got some DJs, we've got our brands in there, we've got some activations involved, um, yeah. some, some brands and all that, and it was just a great, nice little five hour event. Um, yeah. Just to introduce uh, what Stardust is almost to get people talking about it. Yeah. Because, um, how, how hard is it though? Just you haven't, you obviously, you're, you're relying on the customers to, like you say, trust you and trust what you're saying because you can't, it's not like you can put a video up of what the event was like last year and sure. like you're explaining the, like, the, the role of disco and the various things you've got going on, but it's, it's in we, when you can listen to that, but it's nothing yeah. like seeing it. Fortunately for us, I think that the people and the brands we've got involved have got that history and that yeah. ability there, so yeah. where they're on board and they're working with us, we've got a lot of their content that we can use to kind of almost portray what the yeah. festival's going to look like. Um, it's a bit like me saying, I'm going to take Nando's because everyone is it's really well known. Or McDonald's. It's a great franchise. So I say to you, I'm in the shopping centre. I have McDonald's at mine. You're like, oh, I know McDonald's. Oh, you know, it's fine. So in your head, you already recognise the brands. Ticketmaster. I've worked with them for years. And actually, they were like, Luce, we're 100%. We love the idea. Love the concept. We're coming aboard as your ticket partner. Yeah. They could have said no. Actually, we've been lucky. You know, a lot of the brands, the food brands, the huge names we've got involved. So as you'll see, this week we've got a massive release. You'll be like, oh, I know that brand. I know I've seen them. I've done their stuff at Snowbox. I've been with them at Waters. All of a sudden, when the brands are involved, it, it makes people trust. And that's what we've really focused on, the names we've got there. Because it's important. Yeah. Because you can't just start a festival and have your own, you know, for us, a, an immersive cinema experience. I can't do it myself. Otherwise, I'd be doing that business, you know? Yeah. In terms, you have to go to the outreach. You need to go and get the partners. And they're really, really credential in terms of our festival. Yeah. So, been hard though. It's not, it's not yeah. easy to get the message. No, across. I can imagine that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, hearing from you, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. A lot of the people we speak to, obviously, it's across so many different uh, roles within the industry. Mm. And I think yeah. this is the first time we've actually spoken to complete novices doing this particular thing. Yeah. We haven't had to be said this is year one. This is completely new. We're always learning, so it's great. And I think. Just from this conversation here, the passion and everything that you've got behind it, I think it definitely will be a success. Just because of you doing the research, you both doing the research, the industries that you come from, I think it would be great. And I look forward to the finished product. Yeah, definitely. It'd be cool to get you guys down on the day, um, if you want to yeah. do any snippets and, and use our content afterwards, and definitely. And maybe interview us during, we were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I said that yesterday, are you going to be enjoying your time with everyone, your friends, or are you going to be working? You're like, I don't think I'll be able to talk to anyone the no. day before, probably the day after. I'm going to need some real time. It'll be a stressful day. Really stressful. I'm good at the pressure. That, that I'm really, really good on the day. I can really clear thoughts. I don't tend to get walked up into the stress. I tend to come up with solutions rather than problems. I try yeah. to problem solve. So I know that I'll be cool on the day. I'm used to the pressure. I just think it's while you're there, people are pulling you left and center. They want to see you because you're a vent and you're, you know, your network's there. So that's going to be the challenge, actually, segmenting yeah, yeah. the time. I'm quite the opposite. I'm, I'm, <laughs> which you know from seeing the event like the other week, um, I'm very much involved in all the nitty gritty details. And yeah. oh my God, that's not there. That needs to be changed. This needs to happen. Of course, yeah. I've got everyone coming to me for 
things that need to get done and dusted. So yeah, I've been seeing you in seven years. So can we have a selfie, mate? I've really got one. Yeah, I'm really sorry, mate. Just bear with me. Yeah, you can see me a sweaty mess in a few hours. Yeah, so that that'll be me on the day. Because that's the thing, because you want to sit down at one point, the two of you, and just kind of look where it's at, and just go. Yeah. We did this. Yeah. Mm. I look at everyone. I look forward to that moment. Yeah, we are looking forward to it. We send like a holy grace. Every one of it. We'll be there. Eighth of December. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's when I'm home late. Yeah. Turn my phone off. So guys, just remind me. It's on the. So Saturday, seventh of December. Yeah. Two till two. That's a backdog. And London's first winter immersive festival. Uh, yeah, Ticketmaster through our website. Any of our social links go straight through onto Ticketmaster. All of our socials are yeah. Stardust LDN. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for coming down. Yeah. 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 Yeah